why it's not a great week to be a country music fan. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ryan. You know, we get a lot of mileage out of these musicians react situations, yeah. but we're just not going to do that this week. No. It's not worth it. No, no, no. We're going to- It's like everything that needs to be said has been said. Every take has been took, so let's not worry about it. Love it. How's it going? Good. You know, we're um, coming up on first band gig with the real lineup, not no subs, um, which is on the 5th, and so we met no, for the first time today. I don't want no, no subs. subs. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Great. Um, so first rehearsal with original bassist back in and uh, just it's like old times today and everything's flowing. And I realized a thing with the the guy that I had sub for us at our last gig, perfectly good bassist, fine. Did did a lot of work, which had hard. Um, none of our really special things that make us unique happened properly, <laughs> but he learned That's the fair. songs. He learned the songs he was doing. So, yeah. all right, fair enough. The thing I realized in rehearsal today is that he, in his regular band, has three guitarists in front. Mm. My bassist, Zoe, has me. Right. And she's formally trained and knows all the notes. And is good at picking good ones. And so she's real busy back there filling space, right? She really, and when I listened to some of the just fan phone recordings of that show with the sub, like it was shocking how empty we felt. I felt really slim up there. And and I realized in rehearsal, it's because I didn't have Zoe like arpeggiating and playing chords under me and doing all the stuff she does. Just fills the whole world. It's it's like a whole different thing. And I think it's the perspective of a three-piece bassist versus a six-piece bassist. I think it's sure. just a very different requirement. Yeah, I mean, I've been in bands where I was one of three guitar players. I've been in a band where I was the bass player, a power trio. I've been in like all of these different permutations. And it is a really interesting kind of thought experiment because every single one of those situations requires a different level of yeah. space to fill. Right. And so playing bass in a power trio, I'm playing bar chords like i'm mm-hmm. really like i'm doing a lot more because there is all of this negative space that has to be yeah filled out yeah yeah and then then you and have it, the opportunity a- to do like the police would do and just back it way off and have it be empty on oh purpose sure and artistic choice you know right um that takes something when you've got three guitars that people have to really understand that that's the move you know <laughs> well and, and also trying to come up with three different guitar parts right. that have to like yeah make sense for sure but yeah, I mean, even splitting guitar parts, you have to kind of think about when it's the right time to play in unison versus like doing different stuff. Yeah. And personally, like to me, that's my favorite stuff. The creativity around like, all right, well, if you're doing this, what am I going to do? Yeah. Oh, and voice and, it. And so, kind of. Oh, I see. You're, oh, yeah. yeah. You're playing across open chords. Great. Let me, let me hit the, the bars of those and maybe catch them an octave up or something. Yeah. Very cool. Somewhere up in rock and roll heaven, my guitar teacher, Eddie Wright, is looking down at me and going, you're using the cage sequence. I'm proud nice. of you, bud. Yeah. Rest in peace, Eddie. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, absence makes the heart grow fun. For sure. You know? For sure. So it's it's nice to know the unique thumbprint contribution that uh, individuals play in the way that your, your band yep. kind of does their thing. Yep. Yeah. And we spent a year and a half gelling now, so it's like- to think somebody's going to step right in and be a full replacement. That's not likely. It's tough. And it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, this coming Thursday, we're doing rehearsal with uh, new bassist. Nice. So he has been shedding for, I mean, he's had a pretty long on-ramp. So 
hopefully we get into the room and we're able to just tighten things up like, hey, instead of doing this, do that and just kind of get all that done. Um, it is a fundraiser for a country club. I think we're doing like a 60 minute, 90 minute. They say they want 60 minutes and 90 minutes, but there's supposed to be like an auction in between. I would be shocked if we played two hours. Yeah. Just because I I know, I know the way these kinds of ev- events kind of run. They're never going to get you back to your second set on time. There's no way. Nope. And if they do, I mean, God bless them. Sure. I just don't, I don't think it's going to. No, you know, you need, uh, you but, need to pre-call some audibles. <laughs> what, what does it look like when it's a 60 minute set? What does it look like when it's a 45 minute set? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just looking forward to like playing music yeah. with people. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. I've been sitting down here playing guitar by myself, like a, like a basement guitarist, I guess. Mm. But we'll be back at it. Actually, I have a solo acoustic thing coming up. Sweet. I booked that last week. It's uh, in September. And the thing that we're kind of in the middle of right now is trying to figure out the venue that we're supposed to be doing the Friday the 13th gig. Uh, ownership is kind of fluid at the moment. Yeah, you mentioned. And um, still haven't gotten like a definitive yay or nay. And trying to figure out what we want to do because I feel like the concept is solid and not doing it would be just criminal it would be a missed opportunity so yeah we either need to start pitching that idea to other venues or maybe consider um bringing in some sponsors for walling an event i don't necessarily want to throw all my eggs in that basket but i do know that you know if i wanted to do that an amazing group of folks in our uh community that could (laughs) provide guidance on how to pull that off so it's not outside the realm of possibility, but um, we got another lead on something else. So we might be able to do that same Halloween show twice nice. in October, which would be very advantageous, you know, make the most of all that that effort. Totally. So, it's interesting. It's, um, it's good that we have a Friday the 13th in October this year because I just pulled up my calendar. Halloween falls on a Tuesday. So yep. that's a bummer. I guess most people do it on the 28th, which is a Saturday before. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a fun time. But I feel like if you want to really maximize the uh, spookiness, uh-huh. Friday the 13th, in October, I mean, you can't really go it's wrong. Pretty good. If you're a band who's out there who does that kind of show, you really need to start actively making sure that 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 is booked for you. Yeah, I love Halloween shows. Last year we did one, um, and we all had matching skeleton suits. It was good. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. I did Eddie Munson last year, right. but then I had the horrendous task of having to grow my beard back out after I shaved it off. Did you play? You, you should. You could have done "Take Me Home Tonight" by Eddie Munson. Uh, uh, I mean, we we probably. I mean, we did that during. Just didn't make any joke about it. You should have made a joke about it. I, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's also probably not a. good This joke, year, but. maybe I can. If you can think of a great Halloween costume that includes a beard, cover band confidential gmail dot com. I'm all ears because growing that thing out was painful. And I, you know, I go back and look at all of that stuff that we did when I flew out to Oregon with Mike and the Confused Breakfast guys at the Goonies house. I'm literally like a week out of growing it. It's just it's bad. It's not good. It does not look good. And that was forever. Memorialized. Speaking of forever, Hmm. let's talk about reviews. Hey. So this review came in this past week, and I do believe this is one of our new patrons. I'm going to speak out of turn because all I have to reference is their Apple ID, which is Yeti.Writer. But I'm pretty sure this might be Justin Baxter of Timberline, who is one of our recent uh, patrons. Correct. Five stars says, great podcast. Woo! It just says, it's W-O-O-O-H. I finally caught up. 280 episodes in three months. God bless you. I don't even know if I could do that. 
Thanks, guys, for this podcast. As a newbie in the music world, it has helped and encouraged me with getting my first band going. I enjoyed listening to Gear Talk, how to communicate with band members and expectations with each other, how to book gigs and market your band. Thanks for the slack. It's nice for someone like myself to feel like I can reach out to other bands and get some insightful feedback on how to run a band and feel a part of a bigger community. Everyone is so laid back and helpful. Thanks, Adam and Dan. So if this is, in fact, Justin Baxter of Timberline, thank you for not only your patronage, but for the kind of words. And if it's not, thank if, you. Yeah. And if you're somebody else, shoot us a message. Yeah. Last week, we were talking about our uh, our buddy, Dude and Long Johns, who said that we were better than the Joe Rogan experience. And after that episode aired, I definitely got an email from our buddy, Jeff, who was like, hey, I left that review. Did you just make that name up? I was like, no, I didn't. It's It was apparently your your Apple ID set up uh, a while ago. Uh, but uh, shout out to Jeff Grant, Jeff who Grant. was kind enough to leave a very flattering review on Apple Podcasts. It's really revealing about his underwear situation. Listen, what you guys do on the weekends is none of my business, unless you make it my business and send me an email and tell me about it. But if you want to hear your name or uh, your band on uh, this show- Or what you're wearing for underwear. I mean, whatever you want to share, just put it in a review. We'll, yeah. we'll, we will read it. Yeah. That's it. There you go. So uh, no other housekeeping going on um, on the YouTube channel. It's just we'll have this conversation and more excerpts from this live stream I did- over the past maybe like week and a half ago had some really good questions asked and broke them down into digestible bits and uh we'll be posting those kind of throughout the week and um yeah kind of where we're at and i feel like it might be time to revisit a couple of things we've talked about before i feel like content creation for musicians is something worth kind of getting into sure. my hx stomp tones have kind of evolved over this past year and might want to do a review of those as well shout out to Creston Heltzel of Sweetwater fame for helping me get those dialed in. He is a genius. Yep. But that's it. That's all, right. all we got. Well, we got more, but that's the end of the oh, housekeeping. Yeah. I guess the show's just yet. So this this week we wanted to talk about a couple of things. The main thing is Dan and I have been talking a lot. You know, last week was 281 Some, uh, episode. So we sometimes can't see the forest through the trees. We've, we've talked about so many topics. We've gone over so many things that sometimes is kind of important to zoom out and figure out what people who are listening to the show actually need to hear. And as much as Dan and I love to get into the granularity of these very graduate level topics around the business that we do, there's a lot of folks out there that kind of are just getting started. like. Justin, yeah. who is trying to put his first band together and avoid the heartbreak and frustration and all of the other things right. that uh, plague those of us who are trying to create things and, 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 and lead. And so we thought about really just getting like down to brass tacks and going to just a very simple list of the three things that you need to succeed as a band. You know, it could be five, could be 10. We, no, three. three. Boiler Were right you down. three? Yeah. And that's it. Because as much as it would behoove us and, you know, get us really excited about digging into the, the tiny things, the, the things 47 that, things you need. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't fit on a t-shirt. It just right. doesn't work. Yeah. So why not just do that 10,000 foot view and give you guys the core stuff? And um, we, I'm pretty excited about this yeah. because- 
there's a part one and a part two and a potential cliffhanger, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But we're not here to give you guys anxiety about what's coming next. Let's just go ahead Let's and jump. get Let's into jump right it. In. So simple. It's just three things. All right. Number one. So go. Number one, you need talent to succeed. You know, we talk a lot about the things that matter as far as logos and stage presence and all that stuff. But here's the thing. If you don't have talent, a lot of that stuff is a lot less important because ultimately the thing that you have to be able to do is to deliver on the promises that you are providing to your audience. And that doesn't necessarily mean virtuosic ability. That's what I was going to say. There is is a minimum necessary level of talent that is in all honesty, not super high, but you got to have it. Yeah. And I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you when uh, right. it's not being met. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's right. That's right. Because I don't necessarily consider myself an extraordinarily talented musician, but if I have an ability, it is being completely aware of the things that I am able to do well and the things that I am not. And that is a talent in itself. Because if you are able to present yourself to the world, only showing your strengths Hmm. and being able to execute as close to flawless on those things, that's talent. Yep. Yep. And that talent can be a lot of things. can be technical ability. It can be the ability to play well with others. It can be a creativity to make songs your own. It can be the ability to replicate things just like they are on the record. Talent can mean a lot of things. But if the end of the day, what you are aiming for is that talent to produce the product that you intend to share with the marketplace. Yep. If you can't do that, whatever that means, you're going to struggle. And so for people who are out there trying to get things going may mean pushing yourself to do things that you're not comfortable doing. Also may mean to draw back and go, this is a little past what I feel like we can deliver consistently. So maybe this isn't a part of our band and our brand experience right right now. Maybe it is later. Maybe this is maybe this is the conversation about Dead Man's Party we've been having for the last three stinking years. Yeah, yeah. The conversation I've been having about the guitar intro to um Mr. Brightside. Yeah. What you're trying to get to is the audience's perception. Yeah. And if your audience perceives you as being talented, then that is the win. Because we're self-critical people. I can say, oh, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. But if I present myself in a way where people don't notice those things, it doesn't really matter. And their, so, their um, ability to detect errors, their ability to hear gaps in your delivery, very, 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 very low. They don't care. For sure. I mean, they, they, they care when it's glaring. There is a threshold at which they start to care. It's nowhere near the threshold that we judge ourselves on. No, nor should it be. Right. Here's a good example. You know, I mean, Ryder and SAG after a strike aside, yep. you're not seeing Ryan Gosling going, man, I really blew this take and that's like, that's not what it's about. Right. Yeah, the, the, the product's already the done. Yeah. yeah. So you don't need to worry yourself about that kind of thing. Just be sure that when it's go time that you're able to do the thing that you set out to do. Yep. So talent is number one. Talent is number one. Now, talent is. Well, this list is, it has a number one, but let's just say that it's not necessarily in order. 
just because a list has to be in a list form. That's right. This talent is number one. Yeah. So the second thing, but not necessarily the second priority, mm. you need to have a vision. Now, what is vision to you, Dan? Well, boy, what a question. You know, uh, <laughs> brand. That's why I asked you. you know, <laughs> branding is a thing that I've beaten the drum on in this podcast for a long time, although it's been a minute. Maybe about yeah. time to start refocusing on some of those things. I once had a lot of tension with a band leader in a band that I was in. Uh, I didn't really understand why. And then we hashed it out, really talked it out. And it turned out he was a classic rock dude. And mm-hmm. I was trying to push us into like dance pop numbers and play that funky music with a bridge too far, man. When he was a kid, that was disco and disco sucked and he didn't want any part of it. And But Wild Cherry was a classic uh, rock. And the wrong way to look at that conflict is that one of us was right and one of us was wrong. What it was Mm. was a difference of vision. And without a clarity about that, you're really going to struggle, especially when there are multiple people involved, you're going to struggle to have a unified effort toward anything. It's always going to be my opinion, your opinion, a band should do this, a band shouldn't do that. Here's a newsflash. A band shouldn't do anything. A band should express the vision and that's it. So what's yeah. the vision? Yeah, up to you. You get to say, are you going to be a yacht rock outfit and you know do- dominate the world in that way? Are you going to be uh, you know, an 80s show with wooden Rubik's cubes? Are you going to be the guy who sets up in the corner of the bar like me right now? Are you going to be pork tornadoes selling massive whatevers? Some of those visions like that one could be kind of aspirational and that's great. Um, you need a vision for where you are this week and how you might go yeah, yeah, how you might get to those big aspirational visions. But that's all part of what we mean when we say that vision is one of the things you need to succeed in order to succeed. I say <laughs> there doesn't gotta be. A lot of bands have no vision and are doing their best in the absence of that. But success takes a vision. Success takes a real picture of where you're going. You know, look at um the history of um Van Halen. Those guys were first coming out and hustling hard. They were nothing but vision. Um, and, and talent, pardon me, I'll take that back. Plenty of talent there too. But what people who met them and worked with them early on came away with was these guys think they're superstars. And you know what? Yeah. They probably. Well, one of my favorite things about that particular story is they're playing Gazaris and they're playing the Sunset Strip. Mm-hmm. They're, they're basically their cover band. Yeah. Because you got to play three, four hours a night. And the complaint that they always got was, well, yeah, you guys play other people's songs, but it just sounds like you guys. And in some situations, that's kind of like disrespectful or like a, like a derogatory thing. But in reality, it just is that they were so unique. They had this thing that they just had to do a certain way. Yeah. And that's also why a lot of the cover songs that Van Halen does are so iconic. Yes. You really got me, Pretty yeah. Woman. Yeah. Like all of these other things that they've done, it just sticks out because they could only do it the way that they knew how. The way, well, the, the way that their vision drove them to. Yep. They had a vision for what their sound was. What they were going to do, what they weren't going to do, yeah. and how they were, were or weren't going to do it. How they were going to dress covers. You know, maybe, maybe you're a band that does covers as precisely as possible to the recording. Super cool. Maybe you're a band that does the, you know, your own interpretation of them. Also super cool. But it's the the point of that it's that decision is driven by vision and if that's not clear across the band and shared across the band then 
you're setting yourself up for a lot of tension, a lot of arguments, and a lot of friction on your way to success. Well, and we talk a lot about band leaders because ultimately, if you want to point a group of people in a direction, there's got to be one person kind of calling the shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It helps. There are band. There are some bands that don't have that that have done okay, but man, it's yeah, that takes a real special collection of people. Well, and on the flip side of that, there's the there's a concept called vision casting, where mm-hmm. a person is able to convey the ultimate end goal of a band or an organization so that people who aren't necessarily as invested as they are can still see that vision and move towards it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a leadership thing, you know, beyond anything else. But like, I think about where members only started, like my vision was to be an eighties band that didn't look and act like an eighties band did. Because from my perspective, I was seeing a lot of bands in costumes and wigs doing like a shtick. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that. You know, I came from this kind of high energy pop kind of ethos where it's like, you're going to go out there and you're just going to perform your ass off. And I was like, we could do that without having, without making it cheesy. And my vision was like, okay, we're going to do like an 80s version of the T-Bird. So Chuck Taylor's black jeans, black members only jackets, white t-shirts. And then that kind of evolved into the 8-bit tuxedo t-shirt because we wanted to be able to do like corporate events. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more formal. And for the most part, it's kind of been the lane that we've operated. Well, what and, I love about, about your band's look, the, the the thing that you've done really well, you look like 80s kids. Yeah. Right? You don't look like an 80s, you don't like, look, look like bands looked in the 80s. You look like what fans of music looked like in the 80s. And as a fan of music, I can really connect. Like that That looks like me up there. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a great choice. Now- Wearing all black during the summer proved to be a bit of a challenge, and I've stopped yeah. wearing the black jacket during uh, summer dates. I I made it pretty far. We did a, an outdoor event in Kingsport, Tennessee, where I almost passed out of heat exhaustion, and uh, that's when I just decided uh, it wasn't worth the bragging rights. Mm. That's what I started wearing the battle vest, and the battle vest has yeah. gotten a lot of mileage, yeah. but I'm hoping in the next month or two, I'll be able to pull the jacket back out because I, I bought a brand new one. And uh, need to get some work done on it. So, but yeah, whatever vision means to you, I think a lot of folks haven't necessarily gone to the trouble of really thinking about it. Yeah. So if you've never done that, and you are a person who's like, I I'm in a project now, and I want this to go somewhere. Get a sheet of paper, and take fifteen twenty minutes and write out all the things you think this band could do or can do yeah and that's we play these kinds of venues we do these kinds of shows we open for these kinds of acts we wear these kinds of clothes we use this kind of gear we make this kind of money we travel to these kinds of cities and really like flesh the whole thing out take your band and write out there behind the music all at once and just kind of ruminate them try to figure out what of that is kind of like space it out all right of these things that i just wrote down and all of these things that i i think we can do what's the next right thing to do right what's the next choice we need to make yeah yeah and, and really start laying that that story out yeah for you, for yourself. every time i've done that sort of process right 
I think every single time there have been things that have jumped right out at me that I need to change immediately. I just sure. it's really clear with things that I'm tolerating, things that I'm stepping over or things that I don't, aren't aligned with that vision. And, and then those changes become really, they don't always become easy to make, but they become necessary to make. Well, they become clearer, yes. you know, yes. you, you, you're able to go because the, the idea behind the vision is seeing what matters and what is superfluous. What we need to not focus. Yeah. On. Ultimately it's about prioritization. Yeah. So this is one of these, and again, vision is not a band thing. If you're an entrepreneur, if you mm -hmm. like, even in your relationship, you can do this exercise as a way to help put the things that you care about the most into clear focus yep. and ways to prioritize things. So have the vision, do the things that you know you need to do in order to get to the end point that you want to be at. So you got talent, you got vision. Number three. The third thing you need, no do you want to do order. this one? Sure. Yeah. What? The third thing you need is ability to market yourself. So what does marketing mean in the kind of context of these other two? Well, a couple of things. First of all, marketing is initially on the surface of it about visibility. Right? It's about people being aware of you and being aware of your offering. It's informed how you have yourself in front of them. It's informed by your talent and your vision. They're totally driven by those two things. And so, you know, if you are Van Halen and you have this killer guitar player and, you know, you could build a whole thing around this one killer guitar player. It also happens you have this crazy vocalist showman who puts on a show and you could build all kinds of marketing around that dude too. You were just starting out. So it's also, it is about personalities. It's about attitude. It's about, you know, maybe your band in its vision and how it interacts with the, the market has a sense of humor, uh, kind of jokes with itself. Uh, Portraitus does that in yeah. a way that's really clever. Endearing. Endearing. Some of us who have, have a little bit inside baseball on it know that there's like more snark than actually gets let out a lot of the time. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's. That's a uh, privileged information. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, because Mike's really good about managing the messaging that actually goes out versus like uh, with us, he can kind of vent, you know, in the, in the slack or yeah. whatever. It's a, it's a different thing, For sure. but making that kind of decision. Or if your band is like, you know, I know original bands who take themselves really, really seriously as part of their vision, part of their brand decision they, they you know, their, their material is really important and they're making statements with it. It's a thing. Right. And so that, you know, humor just wouldn't work in their kind of outreach to the market. Right. Um, sure. So there are a lot of decisions to be made about that that are driven by talent some when it comes to highlighting individuals, I would say, but but really vision drives how you're going to do that marketing. Now, when it comes to channels, when it comes to platforms of the two of us, Adam, you are by far the expert, so I'll let you take that. Yeah, so the, the thing that kind of popped up as you were saying that is that kind of boiling down Vision is the story that you tell yourselves and marketing is the story that you tell your prospective audience. I would say brand is the story you tell your audience and marketing is the vehicle for that story. Right. I would not disagree with that yeah. assessment. But yeah, oversimplifying. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, three, three things. That's, that's, you know. It's the exercise of the, yeah. the, whole, the whole point. Um, but it, it's a, as far as doing these things on different channels, it's a matter of finding the best 
voice in which to express that story on that platform. You know, the way that you would do something on Instagram versus TikTok or Facebook, they're all going to be different because ultimately you want to meet those audiences at the highest point of engagement Mm -hmm. on those platforms. And that's different for every one of those platforms. So with Facebook, it's more of posting links and getting comments. And for Instagram, it's it's going to be more of a flashiness or a, you know, memes are very kind of, you're going to get high engagement on Instagram with those kinds of things. And TikTok is more of an, an informative kind of hook-based conversation. It's It's, you have to find ways to be entertaining in a unique way. And so you have to be able to share those things in a way that makes sense. Now, as a local band, promoting your shows on TikTok is not a great way to do that. Should you make a post about upcoming events on TikTok? Yes, you should. But you wouldn't want to prioritize that platform over things like Facebook and Instagram, which are much more location-based, more focused on the area that you are trying to reach. I have people who build their entire social lives off of Facebook events. If I don't post a Facebook event for a gig, they are not. They don't know about it. So, you know, marketing looks very different depending on the end user on whatever platform you're trying to work through. And you just kind of have to figure out the first up, look at your target audience and think about their age range, gender split, if that's relevant, income level, locale, that kind of thing. And then look for the social media platform that contains the widest amount of those people and then prioritize them. Yeah. Should you avoid the other ones? No, but you should spend more time and effort on the platform that the majority of your prospective audience is going to be if we're being perfectly transparent, it's going to be Facebook and it's going to be Instagram. Yeah. That's just where yeah. most of our audiences are going to be. Yeah. Now, let's expand the concept of marketing a little bit here because I'd like to include in this the wherewithal to walk into a venue and ask to talk to the manager and sell yep. yourself. Right? Sure. I'd like to include that moment between songs or built into a you know, down moment of a song where you call out your name, introduce the band. Say, well, you, you know, next time you'll be back here. All of that is marketing too. You had a genius thing where you put um, a QR code on all the band members' phones. And like in the time after the show, when people were walking up, like, hey, you were great. You know, great. Here's the, you know, give them that to scan right now. That's also marketing. So part of the ability to market yourself, market yourself is being able to come up with and implement creative ideas for getting yourself in front of people or, or staying sure. with people once they've seen you. The thing I don't ever want is that somebody sees my show, loves it, has a great time, wakes up the next morning and is like, at best, they think, who was that? Or they don't think of me at all. Sure. How do I make myself sticky for them in the morning? So they're like, oh, I Google that. What what, that thing that, you know, what was that band? Because those are the folks we see again. Can I provide just like a little, just an inside tip? So one of the things that I always do after we play any sort of public event is I start going through, and I typically don't do this until, I might do it the night of, but usually the next day, is I go into Instagram and I search for the location mm-hmm. 
And then I look for the recent posts at that specific location and look for clips of people, not necessarily including us, but people who were at the event. Cause mm -hmm. you can, I mean, you can tell and then start liking and commenting those things because that that's a great way of reminding people that like, Hey, this is who that was, yeah. you know, cause you, like you were saying, like, well, they may not remember, they may not know the name or right. whatever. After that big show that we did at that coming city center event, when I was like, Hey, if you are having a good time, you know, tag us in the video or whatever. That was one of the rare occasions where, where like people actually <laughs> took that, uh, that instruction to heart. Cool. We ended up getting like ton of posts that, that linked to us. And, and then for all of the link posts that we had, there was like a bunch of other ones that didn't necessarily tag us were also there that we were able to kind of like connect with through those channels. Nice. So there's a bunch of ways of doing it. It's great. See, just like that, the ability to market yourself. All right, folks, there you have it. Those are the three things that you need or your band needs in order to succeed. Yep. The only three things. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing. That's not true. That's not true. It's not true at all. And here's the thing. Before we started recording, Dan and I actually came up with four more things that you need after you do those first three things. Yeah. But here's the thing. You're just going to have to wait for those. Yeah. Not long. Just a week. We're going to. This is the first ever cover band confidential cliffhanger yeah. that we've ever done. Yeah. It's a CBCC. Cover band confidential cliffhanger. Yeah. Wow. But I promise it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Because once you've gotten these kind of like raw concepts figured out, there's a lot of bigger things that need to happen. And as much as we have just lamented the the minutia, uh, <laughs> next week's episode is going to be real granular well, because we have to really talk. I mean, there'll be well, big, we have to big talk chunks about of things. big chunks of detail. Yeah, <laughs> and and if we really wanted to, we could literally break those four things out and make them individual episodes. Well, I feel like we're those, not going to do that to you guys. Those four things were just the first four we thought of. Yep, <laughs> the list could go one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but the one, so, one note about that is that we are going to eat our own dog food on one of them. We actually have something to announce next episode that we thought of as we, one of these items jumped out at us as something we actually want to do for the podcast. So uh, yeah, tune in. For sure. So no parting words, no uh, wrap ups here. We just wanted to make sure that you guys understand, you know, we are ultimately trying to give you all the good information, all the things that you guys need in order to do what you do as best as you possibly can do it. Ultimately, that's what we're here for. Yep. So, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we love and appreciate each and every one of you. That's right. You on the treadmill, you driving in your car, you doing the dishes when you're supposed to be paying attention to something else. Walking the dog. Yep. You. We appreciate you. If you'd like to support the show, you can do a number of things, but we'll let Mike take it from here. I'll go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of July 28th, 2023. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show, and apparently you do too, because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free, and you consume it to its fullest. It's time to pay up. 
Here's three things you need to do. A, you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform. You're already in the app. Click five stars right now. Write some words. Done. While you're there, share this episode to a fellow musician. There's a share icon on your podcast app. Text it to him and say, you need to listen to this. You need to get better. You're not a good musician. This will help you. Two, you have to follow them on your social media platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do. But here's where you can really support you. Join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level. You have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out. And it's just a great overall community do it i'm serious do it now do all these things or else the pork tornadoes will come to your town book a show the same night as your band at a different bar i'm serious we'll do it 